And it begins once again. Velvet Owl here for Velvet Owl Watches Movies, so you don't have to. Uh, this week we are watching Bring It On Worldwide Pound Sign Cheer Smack. Okay, yeah, it's a hashtag, but I refuse to acknowledge has hashtags. It's a pound sign or a number sign in my opinion. Um... It's sad because now sometimes when you call a place and get the automated machine, they tell you to hit the hashtag key, and that's just fucked up. No way. It's not a hashtag key. It's a pound sign or a number sign. Get it right, people. Anyways, this is like part 263 in the Bring It On franchise. Um... I will say I did enjoy the first Bring It On, and the only one of the franchise that I have seen so far. Um, some good performances by Kirsten Dunst and Eliza Dushku. Dushku? Dushku? Yeah, her. I don't know how it's pronounced. What do you think? Like, I study up on these things and find out, like, how to really do these things? I'm winging it. I know, it's hard to tell that I'm completely pulling all this shit off my ass and making it up as I go along. You'd think I was, like, well-studied and prepared beforehand. Um, but the first Bring It On, it was, like, a fun movie. Lightweight movie, junk food movie, but it was fun, amusing, entertaining. Haven't bothered to watch any of the sequels. Um, so this one is... I think probably the same plot, cheerleaders, competition, good triumphs over evil, fate of the world hangs in balance. You know, I just about the fate of the world being in the balance, but maybe it's true. Uh, we start off, it's a cheerleading competition, and the rebels, who I'm assuming, you know, our protagonists are the cheerleader group that we're supposed to cheer for. I don't know. Like, this might have been explained in, like, the previous 28 movies. Um, so, I don't know. But everyone's live streaming the cheerleader competition because, you know, cheerleading competition is apparently, like, the greatest thing ever. Um, they're not wearing skirts, so I don't know why everyone's live streaming this. It's not as fun when cheerleaders aren't wearing skirts. Yes, I'm a fucking pervert. Fuck you. You know, all high school, I just dreamt of being with a cheerleader. Or being a cheerleader. But not the male cheerleader. Wearing the cheerleader skirt. What can I say? The cheerleader skirt's awesome. And they don't have pom-poms either. What the fuck? Do I just not know about cheerleading? Apparently not, because, you know, I did see the first Bring It On and... I've completely forgotten whether or not they have cheerleading outfits. Um, yeah, like, why can't they be dressed like the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders? But anyhow, they're doing their competition, and suddenly, like, the feed starts cutting out, and the music just starts getting all distorted. And I'm thinking, someone has taken over the feed, and it's a terrorist, and they're going to make demands, and if they don't get their demands met then we will not get the cheerleading competition. But the only thing that can stop this evil terrorist is the cheerleaders. I'm guessing I'm going to be way off on that prediction, 
But, you know, this movie might surprise me. Please let it be a cheerleader-hating terrorist. Please let it be a cheerleader-hating terrorist. Turns out the feed was hacked by another group of cheerleaders who are dressed all in black and wearing white masks or maybe white face paint. Um, I'm still holding out hope they might be terrorist cheerleaders. Or cheerleading terrorists. Because terrorist cheerleaders just sounds like they're cheering on terrorists. Um, so, are these cheerleaders that happen to be terrorists, or are they terrorists that happen to be cheerleaders? Good question. Will the film, um, answer this question? I doubt it, because they probably aren't terrorists. But you know what? I am going to continue to refer to them terrorists until this movie proves otherwise that they are not terrorists. And the people who are watching the cheerleading live and have started watching the terrorist cheerleaders on the hacked video feed... They're cheering for the cheerleaders. Um, <laughs> that just sounds so weird. Cheering the cheerleaders. You know, but they're cheering the terrorists. So, you know, people, don't you realize these are terrorists? It's like QAnon or something. Anonymous. Um, whatever. What's that other group? Anonymous, right? The, one, the, the good hackers. Um, yeah, they're... So maybe I should cheer for the terrorist cheerleaders because they're going to bring down the system. They are going to dismantle the patriarchy of the cheerleading competition system. Okay, I am sticking to my guns on the fact that these terrorist cheerleaders are terrorists because they're speaking with like a voice modifier because, I mean, who but terrorists do that? If you don't want people to know who you are, then you use the voice modifier and wear a mask. And they challenge the rebels, our cheerleading champions, to a cheer off or something, because they say you've been cheer smacked. Which I'm not hip with the lingo, but I guess you know that's this generation's. You got served. Um, yeah, you got cheer smacked. I am going to start using that inappropriately. In just random conversation. Just be like, you got cheer smacked. Fuck yeah. And it scares off um, the rebels and the head cheerleaders running. Because someone threw a pretzel at one of the other girls. Yeah. Um, exactly. That's where this film is going, I guess. It's very anti-carb because the girl was upset that a pretzel hit her. Because it's carbs. And you know, fuck that. There is nothing wrong with a pretzel. If someone hits you with a pretzel, the proper response is you grab that pretzel and you eat it. Because there are starving kids across the world that would die to get a pretzel. And will probably die because they didn't get the pretzel. So the head cheerleader, as she's running away from her problems and her life, comes across a street dance crew and they're catcalling her because, you know, that's just still the nature of the world we live in, you, you know. Um, street dancers, you just can't trust them. They're like the construction workers of the dance world. And, you know, I'm just going to perv out for a minute and just say, um, even though it's not the classic cheerleader skirt outfit, these booty shirt shorts do highlight her booty very nicely. Um, she's supposed to be in high school. Okay, so if she's in high school, erase what I just said. 
But since I'm pretty sure the actress is over the age of 18, let it remain on the record. She's got a nice ass, and these ass shorts highlight her nice ass. But, you know, she's not going to, you know, just take it from these street dancers who are offering up some really lame cheerleader jokes like, what's a cheerleader's favorite nursery rhyme? Hump me, dump me, ha, ha, ha. She's not impressed with that. And, um... She actually had, she had a fairly decent zinger that I've already forgotten because I've been so focused on the hump me, dump me, and her ass. Um, but she takes a picture of them and says she's going to post it on Instagram because she's got like five gajillion Instagram followers. But they're now all unfollowing her because she got owned by the terrorists, you know, which, I don't know, I on the one hand, yeah, I mean, she got, she didn't even get beaten, really. Like, what the fuck? People on Instagram are so fickle. I mean, she only got challenged. I mean, she got cheer smacked. Well, she did run away from the cheer smack. Um, she, she is not doing America proud by standing up to these terrorists. So, yeah, I guess I can see why everyone started unfollowing her. But we got to rally behind her because she is going to find her nerve eventually. And she's going to come back and she's going to kick some terrorist ass with her very fine ass. So it's the next day and it's time for cheerleader practice. But all the other cheerleaders are kind of uh, all antsy and stuff because of the cheer smack challenge. And that cheerleader thinks, oh, you know, we don't need to worry about this, even though secretly she is worried about it. But she's just ready to kind of try to ignore it. But apparently, not just have they been cheer-smacked by the terrorists, cheerleading squads all over the world. And I mean all over. Like, even South Africa apparently has a cheerleading squad. And they all are cheer-smacking the rebels. Did I mention that our cheerleading group is the rebels? They're the rebels. So everyone's cheer-smacking them, and it's going to be a big challenge. That's why the title of the movie is Worldwide Pound-Signed Cheer-Smack. Because it is a worldwide cheer-smack. And, you know, head cheerleader, she's still not worried, or at least pretends to not be worried. But apparently guys have been quitting the team, like the actual male cheerleaders, which, I mean, I don't know if it's so much because of all the cheer-smacking as they realize, you know, um, being a male cheerleader probably hurts our chances of getting laid because the cheerleaders on the squad aren't going to sleep with you and all the other women on the campus are going to just think you're gay. So they're not going to try to sleep with you. And it's just a big mess. I don't know. Do male cheerleaders get laid much? I'm going to assume that's the problem, not the cheer smacking. Now, the other cheerleaders, they're also asking for some new routines because apparently they've been doing the same ones year after year. Which, of course, you know, that's going to hurt you. You know, you just start to grow stale. You got to stay on the cutting edge of being a cheerleader. And they all want to work on it together. But the head cheerleader uh, says no because, you know, it's her way. Everything's got to be done her way. And um, I don't know if I'm going to give this movie points or takeaway points. For not going with the line, the classic line from the original film. This isn't a democracy, it's a cheerocracy. And 
You know, I think the world might be a better place if more countries just converted to being cheerocracies. In order to remain on the right side of the FBI, I did look it up. Everyone's over 18, so I can go back to drooling over cheerleader ass throughout this movie. And don't judge me, because that's really all this movie has going for it so far. Uh, so they tried getting some boys to join their crew, but none of the boys want to be part of the crew. Because, um, well, one boy says, you know, it's not cheerleading, it's a cheer dictatorship. Which, you're wrong, dude. It's not a cheer dictatorship, it's a cheerocracy. But... I guess Rebel is just too much of a dictator, and none of the boys want to be part of it, and it's too embarrassing, and they'd rather be in a real gang than being a cheerleader, or at least part of the Rebels. So, the girls have to come up with a new plan. So, the head cheerleader's plan is to go get the street dance crew and get them to join the cheerleading squad. But, of course, you know, they don't want to, because being a male cheerleader... It's not as manly as being an astronaut or a firefighter. I mean, we all know firefighter is just very manly. Where the hell did the astronaut thing came from? I don't think I've ever seen a male stripper have an astronaut routine. But, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, any male strippers out there, do an astronaut routine. That's a gold mine. You will have followers or something i don't know your male stripper groupies so they decide that this is going to be challenged in a dance-off if the cheerleaders win then the street crew has to join the squad but if the street dance crew wins the head cheerleader posts a picture of them on instagram i just feel like that's not a very enticing reward for the street dance crew to, you know, take this challenge. But they take the challenge, and I think it's more about them feeling their manhood being challenged. That, you know, they've got to win the dance-off. You know, it's a matter of pride, really. That prize is just... It's lame. You know, at least, like, you know, could have gone for... Well, if we win, I get a date with the head cheerleader. But, I mean, I guess that's more of a 90s-type cliche, and that type of stuff just doesn't fly anymore these days. So, but we're going to get the dance off. Now, it seems like the street dance crew is going to have an unfair advantage, because it's on their home turf, and all their friends are gathered around, and I'm guessing they're going to be the judges. I don't know really how they determine who wins a dance off, because there's no real, like, judges or anything it's just kind of people cheering so i guess whoever gets the loudest cheers but you know you'd think they'd have the unfair advantage but you gotta remember the cheerleaders are in yoga pants so i think that gives them the advantage and they win because i don't know like i said i have no idea how they determine these things but it seems like the street dance crew just kind of gave up and said, okay, you guys win. So as per the bet, you know, the street dance crew has to join the cheer squad. Except for the head of the dance crew. Because apparently he wasn't part of the bet. 
which makes the head cheerleader kind of sad because she really wanted him because I think she has a crush on him. Which, dude, you should have really taken the chance and when you made the bet, say that if you guys won, you get a date with her. Moot point because you guys lost anyhow. But you should have gone for it. You should still go for it. I think he's going to go for it. But otherwise, the cheerleaders are feeling very positive and good about their victory. Unfortunately, head cheerleader then decides to watch the latest vlog entry from the cheer goddess, who's played by Vivica A. Fox. And Vivica A. Fox always makes me think of this time I saw on VH1, Sir Mixlot saying that he'd pay to smell her farts. Which, I don't know. I don't know if Vivica A. Fox ever took him up on this offer. Seems like easy money. Someone wanted to pay me to smell my farts. I'll let her rip. And I come cheap, too. But she's doing her vlog, and she's talking about how, you know, these terrorists, well, she doesn't consider them terrorists, but I still do, have challenged the rebels, and she thinks the rebels have just been so shaken up because they are even competing in street dance-offs. Like, that's a bad thing. Get off your high horse, you cheer goddess. You know, you gotta take it back to the streets sometimes. You gotta get back to your roots. And yeah, these rich white girls don't have roots in the streets. But it's it's the love story. It's Romeo and Juliet, West Side Story. Rich girl, poor boy in the streets. Just, I don't know, cheer goddess. Just stop your vlog and fart in Sir Mixlot's face. So it's time for rehearsals. And the street dance crew, they come late because they got lost because they're at a mansion. This practice is happening at a mansion. And street dance crew, you know, they're hood boys. They, this is blowing their mind. And, you know, they're going through the routines. Street dance crew is having trouble getting them down, they say, you know, these routines are too simple, so they're boring. And the black cheerleader, she agrees that, you know, they're playing it too safe with the routines. Because these routines that the head cheerleader has come up with, they're only about winning championships and, you know, what the judges would like. And it's not being done out of love for cheerleading. And, you know, I agree. Like, if you're, what's the point of cheerleading If your heart's not in it, you know, it's about the love of cheerleaders. And then one of the cheerleaders says, you know, we ain't got all cheer eternity. And, you know, all these like cheer puns are just kind of grating on me. Like, is our cheerleader squads like the Smurfs village where, you know, the word Smurf is just inserted into every single possible thing. Man, I just... Just... I was going to make some joke, and I couldn't come up with one. That's how much this movie is bearing down on me. But, you know, the street dance crew decides, hey, let's take a break, and they jump into the pool. And everyone except the head cheerleader is like, Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And they all jump in the pool, and they have a party. 
And then in the type of perfect timing that only happens in movies, the minute that they all walk out of the pool, all their phones go off. And it's the terrorists again. And they're uh, offering up a challenge. An official challenge this time. I guess the last challenge wasn't a real challenge. I guess I guess cheer smacking someone isn't actually like a challenge. I thought it was kind of like, you know, a duel where you slap someone with a glove and like I challenge you to a duel. But no, I guess cheer smacking is just talk, more talking smack than smacking someone in the face. But so even though everyone else doesn't think it's a good idea. Head cheerleader says, we're going to accept this challenge. And so they accept by posting their own video online. Hashtag bring it on. And they put a clip of, a little montage clip of their best moments. And everyone on the world sees it and everyone's excited. Because there's going to be a worldwide cheer off between the rebels and the terrorists. And I'm assuming, you know, the South Africans who have diplomatic immunity, so I... That's a Lethal Weapon 2 reference if you didn't get it. It's funnier when you explain the jokes. You know, some people are like, well, it's not funny if you have to explain the joke. And that's because you're a terrible joke teller. Because a great joke teller can make explaining the joke funny. I'm not necessarily a great joke teller, so... It's still not funny me explaining the jokes. I'm just saying, it's possible to make explaining jokes funny. You know, this movie is giving me a cheerache. That's right, bring it on, screenwriters. You're not the only ones that can make bad puns of inserting the word cheer. And yeah, it took me several minutes to finally come up with one. But I bet it took you months. So... Cheer squads all over the world, and I mean all over the world, like Germany and Japan, they're, che- they're all in on this challenge as well. So, but they all seem to be challenging rebels specifically. So is it like a handicap match where it's going to be the rebels against every other cheer squad? Or is it just a full-on, like all the cheer squads are competing And best team wins. Because it seems like none of the cheer squads are concerned that there's other cheer squads involved. Including the terrorists. They're just all like, we're gonna fuck you up, rebels. Not in those words. But they're all like fixated on beating the rebels. So, I don't know. I mean, if it's a tiered thing, maybe they're like, okay, we didn't win. But we did better than the rebels. So that's a victory in itself. And really, the true prize was the friends we made along the way. Head cheerleader goes online and she Googles all sorts of cheer routines. And she's starting to think that maybe she's outclassed. That she just doesn't have what it takes. Um, luckily, she's only searching through regular Google and not searching through the you know, safe search off on Bing or just straight up searching on RedTube like I search uh, cheerleader routines because then she'd see it'd be even a lot tougher. But if she did one of those routines, she'd have it in the bag. She'd win.
or be disqualified. Depends on whether or not she kept her clothes on during the routine. Again, I'm, you know, thinking about cheerleaders and that whole, like, sexual fetishization, it's just more interesting than this movie actually is. So, of course, my mind's going to wander a lot. Uh, the black cheerleader goes to meet up with one of the guys from the dance or the street dance team, and they decide they're going to work on their own routine, which is uh, very sexual in nature. I mean, sensual. It's not dirty. It's just the forbidden dance. Lambada. Does anyone care about Lambada anymore? I remember when I was a kid... For some reason, there came out two movies around the same time about Lombada dancing. One was called Lombada, and the other was called The Forbidden Dance. And, I don't know, I I mean, I'm too, I was too young to really fully understand, to know if this was just a craze that just really hit the market, and just, it was some giant fan of, giant fad of Lombada dancing. And I never saw the movie, so I don't really even know what Lombada dancing is. So I don't know if this routine they have is Lombada dancing. I just know it's very sensual. And they show it to the rest of the team. And the entire team loves it, except for the head cheerleader. And unfortunately, since she's the head cheerleader, and remember, cheerleading is based upon cheerocracy, not democracy. And... So the head cheerleader doesn't like it. She knocks it down, which upsets Black Cheerleader, who's her best friend, and just Black Cheerleader just storms off, and everyone's very sad, especially Head Cheerleader, because she know she realizes she's pushing her best friend away. And the cheer goddess is having a live chat on her vlog. Would it be on her vlog or just on her website? Maybe her Twitter stream? Instagram? I don't know. I am not very like adept to social media i've got the basics i just make bad jokes on them but i don't understand like these stories and going live and all that it's it's just not my bag i guess but you know she's got this live chat where cheerleaders can call in with their concerns and one cheerleader is just discussing about you know how does being on your period affect your cheerleading abilities and teamwork, which um, I just never really gave thought about that. Like, like maybe like, you know, how being on your period and feeling bloated could affect sort of your um, routines and actual performance of it. But I never thought of how being on your period would affect your ability to work with others and work with your teammates. Because I just assumed that, you know, even if you're feeling bloated and all that, your mind will still kind of work the same on your period and you would know how to just push all that aside and focus on what you need to focus on. Again, as a guy, I don't know this stuff, but... I guess I'm learning here about, you know, I guess we learned that being on your period and having bad cramps can affect how well you get along with your cheerleading teammates.
If you learn nothing else from this week's episode, take that away with you. So head cheerleader then calls in because she needs advice because she doesn't understand why all her teammates want to change up the routines when they've been just winning and kicking ass all over the place. And cheer goddess tells her that, you know, sometimes change is a good thing and you might want to give it a try. And so I think they're going to change things up and they're going to win. Oh, wait, we're only half an hour into this movie. We're just like a third of the way. Isn't that the kind of lesson you learn like at the end, like at the last minute? Like, yes, you have to change your ways and we're going to try this new thing and we're going to kick ass and win and we're going to defeat the terrorists. So the fact that this whole revelation of needing to change is coming in so early, maybe we're going to. Maybe the movie's just gonna, like, give us a swerve and just put out this idea of, like, okay, they gave a change and, oh, it failed, so they have to go back to the old ways and just stick to what you know and stick to what works and don't fix what's not broken. Now, the head cheerleader has cheersomnia, and it's giving me a cheer nausea just how bad these screenwriters wanted to throw cheer into everything just god the smurfs weren't this bad spice girls weren't this bad with throwing spice into everything just ugh so she goes back to the hood and stares at some graffiti mural because it's very touching and very moving and I'll admit it's well done it's very, I don't want to say artistic, it's more craftsmanship. Like, it's well done. I don't see what this whole, like, it really moves me is all about. But then uh, the head of the street dance squad, the one who won't join the cheer squad, shows up and, you know, they have a moment, the two of them. They start relating. Um even though Head Cheerleader now has moved on to throwing Femme into everything, like Femme Powerment and Fempire and Femme Strength and just... Like, like Fempire makes sense because it fits, like, M and then Femme. But then when you just start throwing them into words that it doesn't even fit, that's, that's where I have the problem. That's where it's just gonna give me femme diarrhea. See? See how it doesn't work, screenwriters? You can't throw it into everything. And so they're gonna go and have some fun out on the town or something, but she just wants to take another minute to stare at the mural. And I'm perfectly fine with that because the camera is shot from behind her, which gives me more time to stare at her ass. So... Take as long as you want staring at the mural, head cheerleader. The date's fairly lame, even though they're, you know, talking and they really feel connection. And they're about to kiss, but head cheerleader can't just let herself give her heart to someone right now. Because with everything going on, she's got to remain focused to win this cheerleading competition Because she can't allow herself to remain cheer-smacked. Which no one's used that phrase since the very beginning. And I want it back. I like cheer-smacked. That's a good phrase. 
that's going to be the one instance I allow you guys to just randomly throw cheer into something that doesn't really fit. Because that actually sounds cool. But, um, yeah, I'm getting kind of cheer nauseous with all this. So, she goes home, and she re- she tries calling her friend, but her friend's not answering because, you know, bitch fight. No, that's not fair. Um, head cheerleader's the one being the bitch here. I totally sympathize with the black cheerleader, and no, you should not answer the phone yet until head cheerleader can show you that she has changed. And you know what? I don't think she really has changed because she goes on, she's recording a video diary, which is meant just for herself, but I'm going to guess that the fucking terrorist will hack into her computer and share this video diary with the world, which is the most fucking self-serving video diary about how she needs help because, you know, her teammates aren't great and she actually uses the term ghetto rats to refer to the street dancers so fuck that that's racist i don't care you don't call them ghetto rats they are human beings with feelings and if you just listen to them they probably have some good ideas on how to incorporate their dance moves but no it's blah 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 all about me and how things are going bad for me and i can't fix the world or she's not even trying to fix the world she's just trying to save face you know I, I can't support you. Even though your ass is fab and it's a work of art, a better work of art than that mural, you know, until you start using that ass for good and use that ass to take down terrorists and save the world, I just, I well, I can get behind you if you allow me to. But I can't support you. Not in that way. There's... Do I have to spell it out? Yeah, I'm being complete pervy because you're a cheerleader and that's kind of really all you got going for you. Not my fault that the screenwriters can't write like actual character development for you. More cheerleader practice and it's going badly for the Rebels because the street crew, especially the douchier one, because they're both kind of douchey, but the really douchey one. He's just still not taking this seriously, and he keeps dropping cheerleaders left and right, which is just never good. Especially since, I don't know, this routine seems boring, I guess, because it seems like every other cheerleading routine I've ever seen in a movie. Which, granted, the only other cheerleaders-centric movie I've seen is the first Bring It On, but I'm pretty sure most of it's the same moves from that movie. Would anyone notice? I guess I, I'm i not enough of a cheer connoisseur to get all the cheer subtleties of this cheer dancing. Yeah, I'm going to fucking run this into the ground because hopefully the screenwriters are listening to this podcast and they'll know for Bring It On Part 216 that don't do this fucking cheer joke. It's annoying. So, yeah, what was going on? I've already forgotten what's going on in the film. There was, yeah, the routine, and they're having trouble, and she's trying to, the head cheerleader's trying to instill into the street dancer how important it is, because this isn't just a game. This isn't a joke. Cheerleading is serious. Cheerleading is big business. 
which is just such a very like obscure reference I just threw out there. Uh, this band, the Selby Tigers, or is it Shelby Tigers? I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Uh, great band. Check it out. Uh, YouTube or Spotify. Cheerleading is big business. It's a great song. And again, you know, if this movie was interesting, I could probably stay on topic instead of going on all these tangents. But this movie sucks. Some more shots of head cheerleader feeling sad because of her friend. And then um, a song and dance number, which turns out to be a dream sequence. Um, But in the song, they let us know that the cheerleaders, I don't know if all of them or just some of them, but they have pierced nipples. And I'm sorry, my mind is going to be gone for at least five, ten minutes because I'm going to focus on... Uh, pierced cheerleader nipples. And this is why this new format of not doing it completely live as I go on with the film, it uh, just, it benefits me. Cause, or it benefits you, really. Because otherwise, there'd be like 10 minutes of silence as my mind just thinks about pierced cheerleader nipples. Just, why couldn't they have just started the film from that? The film should just be completely about the fact that the cheerleaders have pierced nipples. That would be a great film. Just... Cheerced? Nipples? Come on, they don't even... They don't try for a pun on that. Like, pierced cheer boobies or something. Cheer nips. Pierced cheer nips. Not cheese nips, cheer nips. I am trademarking this right now, and my brain is done because I'm going to focus on cheer nips. Pierced cheer nips. And now they're trying their routine out in front of an audience, and I swear, I think half this film has just been the Rebels doing this one routine over and over and over. Um, maybe it's supposed to be subtle, like, in that thing you do where they kept playing the song over and over, but subtly, if you listen, like it gets better, like they get better at performing it. And, but it's such a damn catchy song that you don't mind hearing it like 500 times throughout the movie. This cheer routine, it's just so boring that, I mean, watching it twice was kind of enough for me to tap out. But, um, The head cheerleader, she starts going crazy because she thinks she sees members of the terrorist group in the audience. And she's just completely losing her mind and wondering why the head of the street dance crew is there taking pictures. And he claims it's just there because he is taking pictures of his friends because they're there dancing as part of the cheer routine. Which, very plausible. I, I will buy that story over him being part of the secret terrorist organization. And so, head cheerleader, going crazy, then calls the cheer goddess, which, as big and popular as the cheer goddess seems to be, she's willing to take phone calls from cheerleaders, um, not even part of her vlog or any live chat, just randomly. Granted, uh, you know, the rebels are, like, super cheerleading champions, so she's kind of more of a celebrity than... 
like a regular cheerleader, so probably like a low-rung cheerleader probably wouldn't be able to get the cheer goddess to talk to her, at least not on such short notice. But cheer goddess tells her that she needs to make up with her friend. And, you know, that's the lesson we're all trying to teach you here, head cheerleader. Because, again, as I've previously said, the true prize is the friendship that you make along the way. And you've already made the friendship, so you already won the prize. You just gave up the prize. So now you've got to re-win the real prize, the friendship. As an olive branch, head cheerleader brings black cheerleader a pizza. Which is kind of ironic, because I'm eating a pizza as I'm recording this. That's ironic in the Alanis Morissette sense of the word, and not in the literal sense of the word. So, I'm kind of surprised. I... I would think, you know, being cheerleaders, they wouldn't want to eat, you know, all those empty calories and carbs, and I would think that they would get upset, but no, it works. They eat, as far as I can tell, between the two of them, they eat the entire pizza, and they've made up, and Black Cheerleader is going to return to the squad on the condition that she's allowed to grow as a cheerleader, and that they start doing some new routines, which I think they're going to devise some routines, and they are going to kick some ass. We're still only like halfway through the movie. Damn, how are we learning all these lessons now? Like, is this final like cheer-off thing going to take up like half an hour of the movie? Head cheerleader and black cheerleader are going through costumes, trying to decide what the new outfit for their squad's going to be. When suddenly, breaking news on the internet. Cheer Goddess has an interview with the leader of the terrorists. And the whole reason that they're going through this is they cannot compete in proper channels because judges are too biased because they believe that the judges are only allowing the rebels to win because they are already champions. And I kind of, I feel it, you know. Sometimes... The odds are stacked against you, and this world can be unfair and won't give you a level playing ground. And the rich and famous, they always get the leg up, you know? So, of course, it's easier for them to win. So, they need to be knocked down a peg. And this way, through this internet challenge, there are no judges except the people at home. So, there's nothing they can hide behind. It's completely fair. And... Sure, Goddess, while she doesn't like that they're terrorists, I mean, she calls them villains, but come on, they're terrorists, she decides she will be the host for this virtual event. Now, the other cheerleaders think that the terrorists do have a point about the fact that they only win based on their reputation, but head cheerleader doesn't want to hear that because she still believes that she's winning purely on her talent. So head cheerleader is driving around, and she sees a giant mural of cheerleaders, and it's obviously meant to be her. And she see this, sees the signature and puts two and two together and realizes that the guy that's going around painting these big-ass, giant, awesome murals is the head of the street dance team, the guy that she's in love with but won't admit. And But he does, she does find him working on his latest mural, which he's got, like, scaffolding for, which makes you think, okay, um, 
how is he getting away with this? Like, he's not even being, like, sneaky or covert about it. Apparently, the mayor is a big fan of his work. So he's paying a uh, graffiti artist guy, who I'm going to now refer to him as, the, you know, the leader of the dance crew, is getting paid by the mayor to go around and paint these murals. So, you know, you see... Now, now, when you see a giant mural and you think, oh, that's awesome, that's anti-authoritism, someone's sticking it to the man, these graffiti artists are awesome, stop and think about it. Maybe the mayor paid them to do this. In that case, they're selling out to the man. And, you know, just... What if Banksy is just, you know, a big government operative going around and just doing all that. But so they have a heart-to-heart, -heart and, you know, head cheerleader, she's just willing to let her heart go, and they kiss, and it's romantic. And I still say, like, his work really isn't as great of a work of art as her ass. Which I'm just bringing up, even though this scene is not showing off her ass. But... You know, it's been like two minutes since I've seen someone's ass, so I'm going to bring it up in hopes that, you know, the movie remembers what it's really about. The next day, head cheerleader walks into the diner where the rest of the cheer squad is, and everyone's looking at her like they hate her. And they have good reason to, because apparently they've all been sent a link to the video diary that she made earlier. Remember the one where she's just talking about how awesome she is and she feels she's being weighed down and these new ghetto dancers are just ruining everything because they're not taking it seriously. And Head Cheerleader tries to explain that, you know, this video diary was recorded weeks ago and, you know, she doesn't feel that way anymore. But, you know, still kind of missing the point that you said it, and you're just a stuck-up bitch, you know? Just own it. Just come out and say, like, okay, yeah, I said that because I was a stupid bitch, but I've realized in time that I was completely wrong. I was being a fucking stupid bitch, and we're going to turn this around, and we're going to kick some ass. But no, it's all like, oh, no, blame the terrorists. They're the ones that set it out. Again, no one's using the word terrorist, even though that's exactly what these fucking people are. They're terrorists. How, you know, screenwriters, how did you let that one go? You know, you've added the word cheer into every other single word possible. Are you just scared of the terrorists? There is a war on terrorism going on. But, you know, everyone just walks out on her because, except for her black friend, because her black friend understands, like, you know, she's a different person now, and she's more understanding. But everyone else is just like, she's a bitch. And, you know, I'm inclined to side with everyone else until head cheerleader just starts fucking showing some humility. Now, it's time for practice again. But most of the squad hasn't shown up. And head cheerleader isn't too worried because she figures that, you know, they'll eventually come around. But her black friend tells her there's something you have to see. And so they go down to the ghetto, to the docks, into a warehouse. And it turns out the twist of twists. And I seriously didn't see this coming. And I probably would have if I used more than half a brain cell doing this. But 
Um, turns out that the rest of the cheer squad, they're the terrorists. They're the ones that have been doing all this. And they actually were led by the black friend. Because they thought that head cheerleader was just being too much of a tyrant. Too much of a cheer tater. And so they had to take her down a peg. But the rest of the squad decided, no, we're just going to take over altogether. Whereas black friend was just trying to, you know, help head cheerleader realize what she's doing wrong. So now it seems like the rebels are just pretty much head cheerleader and her black friend. And the rest of the squad has just become the terrorist. This is a cheer catastrophe. You know, screenwriters, how did you not throw that one in either? Like, okay, I could understand not wanting to use cheer terrorist. That one's a little dicey, but cheer catastrophe. Come on. That was right there. I just pulled that one out my ass. And obviously, you guys were pulling everything of this screenplay out your ass. But, so now we know the rest of the rebels are the true terrorists. And, I don't know, you probably could use this against leverage against them somehow, maybe. The head cheerleader is feeling all sad, but her black best friend helps pull her out of it, and they decide, you know, that they're gonna cheer smack the terrorist. Yes, finally, back with the cheer smack. I like that word. That is just an awesome word. It's the one, like I've said, it's the one word I'm allowing them. Cheer smack. So, but there is dissension among the ranks of the terrorists, because apparently already some have gone back to the rebels. Which, they probably figured, you know, they were just doing it for that big reveal, like, do-do-do. But now that the head cheerleader knows, what's the point? So they probably left. And then other people are leaving because, you know, the head of the terrorists is being as big of a bitch as the head cheerleader was. So, if you're going to do that, may as well go back to the rebels. Especially since head cheerleader is now, you know, much nicer. But none of that's important. What's important is that we are getting some more shots of cheerleader practices with cheerleaders wearing yoga pants, some of them wearing yoga shorts, and lots of cheerleader ass on display. And that's what's truly important. That is what films need. Cheerleader ass. So the Rebels decide the big problem they're having right now is that there's not enough guys on the team because, you know, all the guys left. And pretty much all the guys was the street dance crew. So, head cheerleader goes sees the head street dance crew. I'm getting myself confused with all these words and adjectives. Maybe in the future I'm going to start learning the names of characters and use that. But, yeah, I don't know if I want to use enough brain power to remember characters' names. But so she goes to see them and... Tries to find out. At first, I thought she was going to ask him to join, but no, she... Because she knows that's a losing proposition, you know? So she just asks, like, what she can do to get them back on the team. And apparently, she hasn't actually, like, physically asked them. She's only texted them. And he tells her, you know, that's the problem right there. Actually, just go up to them and talk to them. And... Then there's like a swanky underground party that they're at and blah, blah, blah. I had to fast forward because there's blinking lights or flashing lights and my epilepsy is not going to let me stand for it. So maybe something important happened there. But then the next day they 
all of the rebels go up to the street dance crew and head cheerleader admits that even though it's fem possible for her, she's apologizing and the street dance crew that word doesn't phase them. Like this is like I, I don't know, maybe it's not their first time hearing the word fem possible. Like I can understand like all the fucking cheer ones they've probably gotten used to from all the practices, but have the have the cheerleaders also been throwing the fem words around too? Like it the like if someone came up to me and said fem possible, I'd be like, What the fuck are you talking about? Did you mean impossible? No, fem possible. No, Kim possible. But the street dance crew, they're like, well, you know, I don't know if we should go back to this. You know, give us one good reason. And they do give a good reason. And that reason is because the head street dancer, he's joining the dance crew too. And everything's going to be better and they're going to, get together and they're going to start cheer smacking some terrorists and this is fantastic, but they got to go practice. And really that's all I've looked forward to in this film are these practices. And then training slash practice montage 532, which I'm not complaining because you know, these tight and skimpy clothes, the cheerleaders are wearing. Um, Actually, I will have a complaint, because why aren't the guys wearing some tight outfits? Show off some guy cheerleader booty. You know, I'm an equal opportunity pervert. It's not that I want to see guy cheerleader booty. I just think it's only fair that for the people who want to see guy cheerleader booty, that they get some too. You know, I mean, I just, I think perverts of the world should unite and... Just cater to all of them. Cater to all the perverts. Don't cater just to me. I mean, cater to me. Make sure you do that. But make sure you also cater to other perverts. Then the head cheerleader does a live interview, online interview with the cheer goddess. Because it's the night before the big cheer smack competition. And they're talking about how the terrorists are just the former teammates. And head cheerleader finally shows some humility or cheermulity something. I forget how exactly they pronounced it. They just fucking worked cheer into humility and just made some ungodly sort of word. But she finally shows that, you know, she understands that cheerleading isn't about victories. It isn't about winning. It isn't about being the best. It's about friendship. Cheerleading is about the friends you made along the way. And... I think everyone is now rooting for her. And she tells them, don't vote for her. Vote for the Rebels, because it's a team. And I think the Rebels are going to kick some ass at the cheer smacking and hopefully defeat the terrorists, take the terrorists down, USA, USA. And then, uh, but unfortunately, head cheerleader is also now getting up to no good, because hanging out with the head street crew guy has kind of turned her into a degenerate because now she's doing graffiti. Very bad graffiti, very basic. Um, I don't expect her to be a great artist. You know, it's her first time doing graffiti, so, you know, but hopefully it's her last time doing graffiti. 
Unless, you know, I mean, if she's dating the head street crew guy who's got, like, full permission behind the mayor, may, maybe the mayor says, oh, yeah, your little cheerleader chick, she can do some graffiti here and there. I mean, I can understand with the head guy, because he does do good work. Um, but the head cheerleader, her good work is obviously working on her ass. I'm just going to say it. Again, and again, and again. She just, her graffiti's horrible. I hope she does not continue on with her secret life as a graffiti artist. And so we're getting the beginning of the cheer smack. The cheer goddess, she's giving the rules, which are, there are no rules. That's right, anything fucking goes. This thing is going to be off the chain, off the hook, ladder, lit... Whatever the kids say these days, I don't know. It's just going to be awesome. Um, For some reason, the Rebels and the Terrorists are both performing from the same, like, abandoned warehouse. Apparently, the Rebels don't want, like, the home court advantage, so they're not using their gym. But they couldn't find, like, some other place that the Terrorists aren't at. I mean, it's a worldwide SmackDown, so, I mean, everything's being done over the internet. So I don't see why they need to share the same building, except to kind of, I guess, rub it in each other's faces. And so we see the routines from all these different cheer squads all over the world. Because it truly is worldwide. You know, we got Norway and Australia and, you know, all these awesome countries. And honestly, I can't tell the difference between any of these routines they all look alike to me but again i'm not complaining because i'm not going to complain when there's more cheerleaders doing cheerleading stuff i mean can you sense a running theme through this yes i am like a perv and i'm perving on cheerleaders but again that's the only good thing this film offers now i would have thought the terrorists would get their routine towards the end of the competition, but no, they're smack dab in the middle of it, and I'm thinking the filmmakers actually want me to cheer for them, because just a lot of slow motion close-up shots of cheerleader bum-bums, and you know, movie, if you want me to cheer for someone, that's how you do it, you know, but I don't know, are you, am I supposed to boo against them? Because I don't see how that works when you, like, fixate so much on bum bums cheerleader asses i'm gonna automatically cheer for them so granted i'm cheering for every team in this competition but i mean i'm right now cheering more for the terrorists which isn't that's just not right i should not be cheering for terrorists um but you know they're not really terrorists and they're not wearing masks this time because I guess since their identity's out to the world already. But they are wearing makeup. Like, just kind of that Blade Runner, like, around your eyes type makeup. So, you know, they're still kind of incognito. But then we get some more cheers from the other groups in the world. And now it's time for the Rebels, who get to close out the night. Um, Which I think is an unfair advantage. Because... If you're at the end, that's what people are going to remember most usually. 
And especially if the stuff before you is kind of like lackluster. I mean, if they had to follow up the terrorist immediately, then yeah, they're going to be in trouble. But they uh, follow up like Antarctica or something. I don't know, one of these other like countries. But looks like they're going to go for some sort of like stomp type of inspired Sorry, I had to compose myself for a moment there. But, yeah, I thought the Rebels were going to do some sort of stomp-inspired routine because they came off on the scaffolds, and I thought, like, oh, you know, they're going to give props and inspiration from the street life and all that. But, no, they kind of just then go into, like, a regular routine. Um, Their only, like, nod towards the street life is that they have, like, some graffiti done on some of their shirts. And the routine looks like every other routine that every other cheerleading team did. Um, again, I'm, I guess I'm just not versed enough to catch the subtleties and nuances in cheerleading routines. But I have to say, I'm still siding with the terrorists in this one. I'm going to stop calling them terrorists just because now I'm on their side. Um... They, the vigilantes, they are vigilante cheerleaders, uh, but I am still cheering for them because they were wearing shorts and there was a lot more gratuitous ass shots during their routine. So again, filmmakers, were you not thinking this one out? Um, granted, I'm probably not your target audience, but every film should be made catered to me. And so, of course, I'm going to root for the team that had more gratuitous ass shots. That's just... And I can't be the only one out there who feels that way. I'm willing to bet that 99% of people watching cheerleader routines will root for the team that has more gratuitous ass shots. And that's just a way of life. And filmmakers, you don't have your pulse on... You don't have your finger on the pulse of... America, if you don't realize that. Cheer Goddess tells us, you know, that it's been a great competition and that we're sure to see some of the competitors tonight winning big at the Olympics, which, I don't know, is cheerleading an Olympic sport now? Um, I don't really follow the Olympics. Sometimes I watch, because, you know what, Olympic athletes do have nice asses too. You know... They work out a lot. Those volleyball players, the track players, the bobsledders, um, the archers, they all have great asses. Um, even even that uh, crazy guy from Tonga Tonga who runs around without a shirt at the beginning of the ceremonies, he's got a nice ass too. But so apparently uh, the voting, there's voting on the cheer goddesses website, but that's going to be added to the hits that each video got, which I think is kind of unfair because obviously no one has enough time to watch every single cheerleader routine because there's a lot of countries in the world. And, you know, strangely, the other countries only get one team and the United States got like 50 teams. But obviously people are going to pick and choose which routines they're going to see because they can't see them all.
I mean, I'm sure some people will sit there and watch all of them. But so that gives, you know, the rebels and the vigilantes an unfair advantage because obviously those are the ones that people are going to watch the most since this whole worldwide cheer smack was built basically upon these two teams competing against each other. So, you know, Albania, sorry, your chances are nil. You know what? I'm going to leave you all in suspense and not tell you who won the worldwide cheerleading competition. Because, you know, if you can't figure it out, you don't deserve to know. You deserve to have to sit through this movie yourself to find out. But, you know, all the other teams, they're sad. Even though, come on. Come on, Nigeria. You knew you did not stand a chance. Oops, I spoiled it in letting you know that it wasn't Nigeria that won. So, um, I guess if you were hoping for Nigeria to win, you don't have to watch the movie yourself to find out. (laughs) But uh, this movie is dedicated to cheerleaders all over the world, and we end with shots of real cheerleaders from all over the world. And, yeah, I guess there's not really much else to say. Um... I mean, I guess that means all the other cheerleaders got cheer smacked. Is that how it works? I don't. I don't know if they've really fully like. Is just being uh, challenged. Is that the cheer smack, or is losing being cheer smacked? They did not really like specify that very well. Um. Yeah, I don't. But like I said, I don't know what there is to say. I mean, I guess on the bright side, I don't think I had as many near aneurysms during this film as during other films. And I contribute that a lot to cheerleader asses, which someone should do a study to see. Does gratuitous shots of cheerleader asses help lower your blood pressure? I am getting on this study right now. But... If you feel that you have some non-cheerleader-ass blood-pressure-inducing aneurysm-breaking film that you want me to watch, velvetowl at hotmail.com or leave a comment if the way you're listening to this allows you to leave a comment or, you know, Shadow Puppets, uh, Morse Code. I have one of those Morse Code things if you want to Hit me up on the ham radio, on a CB radio. But, you know, I had a dream that I had come up with the perfect, like, closing line to use for these shows. And I could not remember it upon waking up. And that might be the most disappointing thing ever. So, I bid you a fond adieu. Fondue.